Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome. Welcome to All Things Urticaria, your UCAR podcast. I'm Marcus, Marcus Maurer, joining you from Berlin, UCAR. Urticaria Centers of Reference and Excellence. And today I have with me my friend, colleague, UCARE Motor in Latin America, Carla, Carla Ura. Hello. Hi, Marcus. Thank you so much for having me in the podcast of All Things Urticaria. It's a great pleasure. I thank you so much for this great opportunity. No, 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 no. Thank you for taking the time. And Carla, maybe you could uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Where are you? What is it that you and your UCARE team is most interested in? What are you working on? Just some ideas on uh, you and your team. Sure, Mike. As well, I'm Carla Ruda, and I'm, I'm a professor of medicine at Ribeirão Preto uh, School of Medicine. It's um, a part of the University of São Paulo, but not in the big city of São Paulo, in the countryside. So we have a campus there, and I'm a professor, and I'm the head of the allergy and immunology uh, division. I'm board certified in allergy and immunology, so I run the uh, fellowship program in allergy and immunology, and we are, of course, very interested. We are uh, all certified as UCARE, but also A-CARE and AD-CARE. So we're very proud of that. So that's all, you know, due to the hard work of my wonderful team. So um, I, I thank all of them for this. It's a really um, big accomplishment. And we are very interested in, in knowing how urticaria behaves in our patients. You know, most of these studies um, performed in the US or Europe, very few in South America. And uh, we feel that we have may have some differences in the profile of the patient, the immunological responses that could affect the way we treat them. So, you know, we try to understand and, and also um, try to get our patients to get access to the treatment. This is a big challenge. And of course, all my fellows are very mad at me because I made them write all these reports and, you know, for patients to be able to get access to the medication. So it's sort of a main concern we have as well but we mostly would like to understand and to characterize better our patients in Brazil. Perfect. No, thank you very much, Carla, for giving us some ideas. You know, Brazil is amazing for many reasons, but one of them is that your country, and you are part of this, your country has the most UCARES in the world. It is really fascinating to see that there are more than 20 UCARES in your country working together as a network. This is a shining example for many countries um, where uh, we're just starting to build national networks of UCARE. Just yesterday, I was uh, at the German annual UCARE conference. It's a small conference. We meet with all the German UCARES. And again, it was mentioned just how much energy there is in the Brazilian UCARE network and how you guys work so well together. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Marcus. We, 
Yeah, we're very proud to have, you know, many um, centers and groups interested in urticaria. And uh, we are starting to get uh, our data together and being able to publish things together with the different centers. I think this would be very interesting to do. And I think this is growing in, in all our groups uh, in Brazil uh, right now. Fascinating, fascinating to see. Uh, I know that you also meet with the other new cares in Brazil, that you start projects and that these projects often then get rolled out to become global new care projects. Really amazing, congratulations. And of course, towards the end of the year, we will all come and visit you in Sao Paulo. I can't wait to uh, be at the new care conference in December. Um, what, do you, what, what do you have planned for us, Carla? What can we oh, do? wow, we have many plans. And, uh, <laughs> we're very excited about this meeting, working on the scientific program, but also uh, some social activities. It will be wonderful to have you all uh, in Brazil, and uh, we hope to get a, to have a great meeting there. So we're working hard to uh, build all these um, scientific parts and everything, so uh, we can, you know, have a, a great meeting there. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, and you know, it's not just me. Everyone is really looking forward. You know, now that we can travel again, uh, I haven't been in Brazil four or five years uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, yes, being great. And, yeah. Um, Carla, you remember the last time we saw each other? Yeah, we just met at the American Academy of Allergy and Immunology, Asthma and Immunology meeting in uh, San Antonio. Uh, was great, great meeting. Um, we able to see a lot of uh, um, information and in some uh, studies on urticaria. You know, Marcos is like, you know, when he's in the poster, looks like he's in a big session. Everybody wants to hear him and know the results of the study. So, uh, you know, the uh, best way um, is to talk to him, actually, to find out the new the uh, new treatments, the, uh, the advancement of uh, treatments that we have, Marcos. I think uh, you presented the BTK inhibitor and uh, studies. So you want to tell us a little bit about those? We are very excited about those new um, uh, molecules uh, that uh, could uh, help our patients with uh, chronic urticaria. Yeah, sure, Carla. We discussed in San Antonio at the meeting, and uh, um, these are exciting times for urticaria, for urticaria patients, and for us as urticariologists. Uh, really, really nice to see how many programs uh, are ongoing, how many treatments are under development. And you said BTK inhibitors, you know, glutenstyrosin kinase inhibitors, and indeed, these are very interesting. Um, scientifically, but also clinically. You know, right now uh, we have uh, antihistamines, omalizumab, and cyclosporine, as everyone knows, you know, and that's not enough to help all patients. So we need better treatments. And what I have seen from the BTK inhibitor trials um, is just amazing what they do, how fast they improve the disease, how how strong their effects are, how many patients benefit from this, and maybe. Uh, most promising, how long-lasting the effects are. You know, in in San Antonio, we talked about not just the clinical efficacy and uh, the BTK inhibitor that we talked about there was remibrutinib, and uh, this is well advanced now. We're 
hoping to get this as a new drug for clinical practice very soon. And the results certainly support that. And we saw that it's not just the wheels that stop coming. It's not just uh, the clinical benefit when it comes to signs and symptoms, but it's also a massive impact on quality of life where patients start to be normal in their lives uh, with they can do everything again they can eat they can travel they can they they just start to enjoy life again and these stories that i that i hear from some of my patients who have benefited from this treatment uh, in clinical studies it's just amazing to see what we can do for patients with this treatment and it's an oral treatment you know so this is something that many patients are waiting for know that the antihistamines, I mean, happy that we have them, no, don't get me wrong, but um, uh, they don't work in most of the patients the way we want them to work. And uh, patients are really looking forward to something that works and yet is something that they can take um, as a pill every day rather than injection. So very promising what we saw. And uh, I, don't, I don't know, Carla, is, uh, is that program also in Latin America? Do you know that there are study centers in, in Brazil? I don't, I don't really know, Marcos. I mean, our center is not involved, but it, it po it's possible that uh, some uh, would be, but uh, I, would, I would not know. But uh, I mean, I, I think that's very interesting because, of course, your center is uh, the utmost reference center. So probably you'll get all these uh, more refractory patients, even to antihistamines or omalizumab, then most even you care centers, are, I would think, you know, being such a reference center. So uh, you having this experience with these patients uh, with these new drugs is, is really very, very amazing. And, um, you know, and you also have uh, done the, a study with the phenibrutinib, right, which is another PTK inhibitor published in uh, nature medicine, really. Also, so are these um, uh, new drugs uh, on, already on phase three uh, trials? And uh, you mentioned the long-term effect. I think there was a, a paper on the, I think, uh, 52 weeks of the phase two remibrutinib study showing that the effect is, is consistent, you know, with time. So, um, um, you know, how long you think we should expect to see the results of phase three studies on, uh, on, on, on those? Uh, well, well, look, Carla, I, I'm very sure that we will have results this year. I don't know how fast this will be. Of course, these are big, big studies, so they need also analyses after the last patient um, has terminated treatment. So I do hope that over the summer we will see what this trial will bring us. And, you, you know, you mentioned phenibrutinib and there's also rilsabrutinib. So this is really something that... Um, rides on more than one compound, more than one drug uh, with similar action and effects. And this will be very good. Remibrutinib is the most advanced one in terms of when we will get it. And these clinical trials that are ongoing are so important because not only do they give us new medication like remibrutinib, but they also offer patients who are otherwise pretty much treatment 
um, resistance, the possibility of getting effective treatment. So the fact that in many UCARES, we now have clinical trials for chronic spontaneous urticaria, and now also chronic inducible urticaria is very, very good for our patients. And it is the idea of this network to become the go-to clinical trial network where you know, when companies want to develop a new drug, they come to the UK network because they know that these centers have many patients and what's more important, a lot of experience and uh, are ready to help with the clinical trials. So I think we are looking as we move forward at a lot of benefit in the interaction of the UK network with those who do research in other words, bring new ideas for the development of new drugs to the community, but also our partners in industry who uh, will help us to get better treatments and to perform these trials. And look, Carla, we, we are looking at a global situation that is very different when it comes uh, to individual countries. In some countries, it is easy to treat patients with omalizumab, and in other countries, it's very difficult to treat patients with omalizumab or it's impossible. And these countries will be especially important as we are looking for centers and patients who are interested in clinical trials because many of the clinical trials are for patients who are antihistamine resistant but have not had omalizumab treatment yet. And uh, well, in many of our countries, a lot of omalizumab is used already. So we need to build that network and we need to bring a global community of urticaria centers, UCARES, and clinical trial centers to uh, develop these drugs and to make them available to all the patients who need them. Well, that's wonderful, Marcus. And I haven't thought about that um, view that you um, shared now, but um, you know, it's not that uh, omalizumab is not good. And of course I go back to your groundbreaking paper back in 2014, publishing the New England Journal of Medicine when nobody would expect that an anti-IgE would help patients with chronic urticaria because at that time chronic urticaria was a non-allergic disease. So, and then was, I hope you appreciate how you have transformed the lives of these patients, you know, with chronic spontaneous urticaria because before that, the treatments were like oral corticosteroids long-term and all side effects. So, and you know immunosuppressors with all the safety issues so it's so wonderful and, and of course you are you are always you know ahead and looking for um or other alternative uh, treatments but i would say uh, having omalizumab is, is is great and wonderful for you know a good proportion of our patients but i want to hear your thoughts about another biological the dupilumab. So we are, you know, using dupilumab for a while for different type two diseases. We love it for like atopic dermatitis, recently approved for as low as six months of age, even in Brazil, which is sort of amazing. And also great for chronic rhinosinusitis with nasal polyps and asthma and always uh, eosinophilic esophagitis. So we really love uh, dupilumab as a 
a very good efficacy and a, especially a good safety profile. So how is a dupilumab behaving in, a, in chronic urticaria? I've seen some uh, case reports. There was an interesting a recent case report that a patient who uh, had uh, reactions to omalizumab in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology and then responded very well to dupilumab. Unfortunately, he developed a high eosinophilic counts on his peripheral blood, but after dupilumab was withdrawn, he was fine in the UTKR remain control. But anyway, so we talked a little bit about in the UK meeting in November in, Berlin, in December in Berlin. So could you tell us a little bit about dupilumab? Do we have hopes that it will be helpful to UTKR patients? Oh, sure. Uh, I, I, I completely agree with everything you said. It's a fun drug to work with in other diseases. But, you know, for us as urticariologists, what makes it so exciting is that it also works in chronic urticaria. And we know this beyond case reports now that uh, the first randomized and placebo-controlled trial uh, is completed. And we're very happy to see that Tupilumab is moving forward to become a licensed in-label urticaria treatment. Um, we don't know as much as we would like to know. So it will be important for the whole community to share their experience uh, on omalizumab in chronic urticaria. Now, there are a couple of questions that we need to address. Uh, you just mentioned this case report, and I know this case very well, where uh, we saw something that is not unusual. And that is when you treat with the pilumab and chronic spontaneous urticaria, and you have complete response and you stop, it often takes a very long time for patients to relapse. And many patients do not relapse ever, no? So this is unique in that uh, you have a long lasting effect in those patients where you achieve a complete response with the pilumab. Now, what we need to know, of course, is why is that? What are we doing? It's an anti-type 2, anti-TH2 drug where we down-regulate cytokine profiles, we, we, we calm inflammatory um, uh, uh, processes, and this may be a long-term effect that could be very, very beneficial to patients with urticaria, maybe by the down-regulation of IgE, maybe by protecting sensory nerves and skin mast cells from the activation that makes them make wheels. But this requires for us as a community to, well, dig, dig, dig deep, you know, and find out why this works so that we can benefit from uh, this with not just happy patients, that's one thing, but also a better understanding of the pathogenesis of Ticariolokala. I think one of the most exciting mm -hmm. things about all these new treatments is that they help us to understand how urticaria works you know, and uh, what role autoantibodies play, what role IgE plays, what role histamine plays, and the other mediators that come from muscle. So they're great, great treatments, but they're also great scientific tools to better understand chronic urticaria. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's, I guess, in allergy and immunology, a way we find out mostly about mechanisms is when you block certain pathways, then you explore it and you know that's the important pathway for 
uh, some diseases. So, and then see, I've seen, uh, we have recently the anti-TSLP, the tezepelumab, which appears to have some action on mast cells, which would be an attractive uh, treatment to study. I don't think there are any studies going on with the um, tezepelumab for, um, you know, chronic urticaria. But I just want to, I think, uh, move on to uh, to hear from you about the anti-kit antibody, which I you know I thought was so interesting. It's so amazing the data and the, the barzov. I have to read the barzovolimab, which is right. the um, anti-kit, which um, you know also from your group they studied with one single intravenous dose, and then was amazing to see the data how the triptase goes down the mass cells goes unactive so um and i want to hear about the uh also the uh, a little bit on the side effects they have the hair color changes which you think is something we should aim for <laughs> as women are mostly affected by a corticotic area and also you know other effects that if you could uh, you know, mention the experience, whether it's going, um, you know, uh, to be explored as a, a treatment in more controlled trials. So I would love sure. to hear about Barzo. <laughs> Look, this is very interesting, um, Carla, uh, because it's a new mechanism of action. You know, this drug, Barzolvalimab, really is a drug that goes to the root of the problem, to mast cells, and it eliminates these cells. And without these cells, you can no longer um, make wheels and you can no longer have the signs and symptoms of urticaria. Uh, the same is true for mast cell silencing approaches that work uh, not by stopping one pathway or one mediator uh, of activated mast cells, but mast cells as a whole. And so, um, it is very interesting and very promising to see how many patients respond to this treatment. Um, and it is not so surprising that some of these patients have a little bit of hair depigmentation and some other side effects that are not because we kill the mast cells. No, they are because the target kit, that's the receptor on mast cells that this antibody binds to, that this kit receptor is also expressed by other cells. For example, hair follicle melanocyte. So, Carla, thank you. Thank you really a lot for pointing me and uh, all of our listeners to these exciting developments uh, shared at uh, the Quadruple AI meeting, but also at the Global Urticaria Forum. Always fun to talk to you. And I'm looking at the time. It's unbelievable. Uh, we could probably do this for another hour and we wouldn't get bored with this. And let's do this again sometime. This was a lot of fun. Thank you very, very much, Carla, for joining me uh, and for all your hard work and what your team does in the UK network and for our EOT carrier patients. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. This was a great opportunity and we are looking forward to having you and the whole uh, UK uh, community uh, people who would go to Brazil probably will have more on these new treatments, more on the mechanisms, which are fascinating. 
And uh, so um, we, you know, are very excited about, and uh, I would like to thank you for all your support and help and, uh, and, uh, and thank you for this great opportunity. And thank you for you all who are listening to us. Um, um, it was a pleasure, a great pleasure to be here uh, today with Marcus Var. Molto obrigado. <laughs> it was great to have you here. Um, folks, this is all the time we have uh, with Carla Aruga from Brazil. And uh, if you are excited about your TKR, you, you have to come to Sao Paulo in December for the UK conference. Um, please check out all the other things that the UK Network does on www.galen with an two between the A and the L minus UK.com your website for urticaria centers of reference and excellence and of course please also check out cruise the chronic urticaria self-evaluation app cure the chronic urticaria registry remember to mark october 1st in your calendars as this is world urticaria day so many things going on please join us work with us and benefit from what this network does i'm going to say goodbye to you um, and uh, to Carla again and uh, hope that uh, we hear each other again. Go check out the other episodes of All Things Urticaria and until we hear each other again, be well. Take care. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website www.medthority.com Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.